This is Iron Sports. We're so honored to have two-time Super Bowl winning coach Tom Coughlin, who just came out with a book called A Giant Win about Super Bowl 42, the amazing victory over the New England Patriots. Thanks a lot, Tom, Coach Coughlin, for coming on. Well, my pleasure. So, Coach, you described in the book Super Bowl 42 as the greatest Super Bowl victory of all time. Uh, give me the reasons why you believe it is that I, I agree with you on that anyway. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, there's two things. One, uh, I, I think it was a great football game. I mean, if you look at the New England Patriots were the number one scoring machine and offensive football team in the history of the National Football League coming into that, to that game. They were undefeated. Tom Brady had thrown 50 touchdown passes. Uh, Moss had caught 23 of those. I mean, it was an incredibly well-balanced uh, offensive machine. But not to forget, their defense was ranked fourth as well. I mean, that's a that's a really, really good football team coached by arguably the greatest defensive coach in the history of the game, Bill Belichick. So, uh, you know, they were cruising. If you remember, they beat us 38-35, to 35, Ira, in uh, Week 17 as they were going for a 16-0 and season. We played them right to the hilt. We led the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Super Bowl would obviously be a very, very different kind of game a tremendous defensive uh, struggle uh, in which our football team played extremely well uh, defensively, sacked Brady five times, knocked him down at least 16, maybe 18 times in that game. So uh, it was just a uh, – no one gave us a chance. You know that. Nobody from, from day one gave us a chance to win that game. But they didn't, they didn't give us a chance to win any games as we went through – the entire process of the playoffs. We were known as the Road Warriors. We won 11 games that year on the road. Uh, for example, Fox's experts, none of them picked us to beat Tampa. None of them picked us to, to go to Dallas and win. Dallas had beaten us twice during the regular season. No one picked us to win in Green Bay. And, of course, no one picked us to win uh, in the Super Bowl. So all of these things to overcome all this, was a great thing for the National Football League, a great thing for the legacy of the New York Giants, a tremendous football game, uh, a game in which bound all of us who participated uh, as New York Giants at the hip for the rest of our lives. And I'm very proud of that football team and that effort because you remember, first of all, they were uh, they were trying to fire me after the 06 season. <laughs> no, no, and no. We, and we started – the 07 season, 0 and 2. So they were ready to fire me again uh, when we went to Washington and won. And of course, the rest is history. I, I, a lot of people, when I was talking about this book, said, Super Bowl 40, they, is, he gonna, is Coach Coughlin going to talk about Super Bowl 42 in the book? And I go, the book is about the Super Bowl. And I loved how you did the book because you wrote, you just described the whole Super Bowl. And then in between, you then talked about the different players and the history of your life and those things. I just weaved it into it. So I, I go, trust me, you're going to hear everything about Super Bowl 42 in this book. And I do want to give my condolences to you about the passing of your wife, Judy. After 55 years of marriage, you uh, talked about how she was your rock throughout your entire life. She certainly was. She was someone who, Judy literally gave me the opportunity to focus on my profession, and she did everything else. She raised four children. She, we have 12 grandchildren. She built houses. She moved every time. You know, I got into where I had a little technique where she got rid of me when we moved. <laughs> so it worked, you know, so she did all of that too. But she was a remarkable lady. She had a radiant smile. She loved and she cared. 
And as I said, uh, we were married for 55 years. For the last five of those years, I was Judy's caretaker. For the first 50 years, she was my caretaker. So you're born in Waterloo, New York. And when you grew up, you said there was a sign. It's the home of the Memorial Day. Memorial Day was started in Waterloo. Oh, yeah. But now you have the sign. It has the home of Memorial Day and home of Coach Tom Coughlin. Yeah, it drops down below. It says uh, Waterloo, New York, the home of Memorial Day. And then down below, it mentions uh, that that's also my hometown. So I was very proud. You know, as a young kid, you can't get, can't wait to get away. And then as you get a little bit older, you start understanding it. And you start having great appreciation for the way you were raised. You know, I'm the oldest of seven. Uh, it was a very small town, but athletics was extremely important. And our whole lives was built around football, basketball, baseball. So I was really proud of the work ethic that my parents installed, uh, instilled in me and the way that I was raised. You know, I was an older boy. I went to a Catholic parochial school, St. Mary's. And, uh, and the Sisters of St. Joseph certainly had a big hand in uh, making sure that uh, that we towed the line. So our show is aired in South Florida from all the way from Miami to Port St. Lucie. Um, next week, we're going to have Larry Zonka, your old college teammate at Syracuse, on the show. And, of course, everybody down here in South Florida was rooting for you <laughs> to not let Brady go undefeated and keep that undefeated string alive. So I know when you went to Syracuse and you and Larry, there was a lot. Floyd Little was on that team, a pretty exciting team there at Syracuse. Oh, that was a great football team. You know, when you stop and think about the two running backs were are both gold jackets. They're both Hall of Famers. And it was Larry. Larry was in my class. Floyd was a year ahead of us. But, uh, you know, it was something. Because, you know, we our style of football was just physical by nature. Ben Schwartzwalder was our coach. And we were going to run it. We were going to play great defense. We were going to be penetrating 5-3 on the defensive side of the ball. But in those days, Larry ran the ball from tackle to tackle. And then when uh, he got into the pro game with Coach Shula, they showed that Larry could take the ball outside as well. So, you know, he is, in my opinion, the greatest fullback of all time. And uh, was just a just an outstanding, outstanding football player. Ga- uh, the Gator Bowl record in rushing was set by Larry Zonka and Floyd Little. So they were great football players. And uh, and I, I – uh, they needed 11 guys to play, so I got a chance to play as well. <laughs> well, you know, we're not going to talk about the whole your entire coaching career, but I love the line in your book that when you coached at the Rochester Institute of Technology, in order to be the coach of the team, you had to walk around campus and try to convince big kids that playing football is fun. I love that line. <laughs> well, that was basically what it was. We were going from a, a Division three program that had been club, converting it to a varsity program, in a very, very difficult league. It was called the Independent Athletic Conference, and it had Ithaca and Hobart and St. Lawrence and Alfred. I mean, you had some great Division Three teams uh, that were superbly coached. So uh, making that jump, I used to stand out. There was a big walkway where the dormitories from the dormitories over to the, to the main campus, and I'd stand out there looking for guys going across that I could <laughs> snag and try to interest in playing uh, Division Three football, but the experience that I had in starting a program there actually really benefited me later as I took over the the, uh, the development of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I was the first coach hired there, and I had personnel and coaching, and uh, and so that experience of starting something from anew was very helpful to me even then. 
And your victory in the Super Bowl wasn't your first big, big upset. When you were at Boston College, you beat number one Notre Dame team. I remember watching that on TV. It was an amazing upset when you upset Notre Dame. And then also that was that's when you were coaching at Boston College, it was the source of the Jay Foundation, which is your foundation that you run right now. Right. The Jay Fund Foundation was named after Jay McGillis, who was a strong safety that played for me at Boston College, who had uh, contracted uh, leukemia. And what he and his, and his family went through throughout the course of his Ill, illness, it was a ravaging Ill, illness. And Jay was gone with, within a, a matter of months. He died July 3rd, 1992. But what we experienced and what we went through, one of my linebackers, Mike Panos, had come to me and said, Coach, we got to help the McGillis family. So we got together and we developed a program. It was called a max. We used to max lift at the end of the spring. So the players went out in the community and got pledges for the amount of weight that they would lift, whether it was power clean, squat, or bench. And we raised fifty thousand dollars and we gave the McGillis family a check for fifty thousand dollars at halftime of the spring game. So that's where the idea came from. And the J Fund Foundation, uh, our mission is to be there for families who have a child with cancer. So we support families in all the practical ways. The number one way is we want to keep families in their home. We want to pay their mortgage, pay their rent, pay for their gasoline, pay for their car experiences, you know, do all the things, electricity, funeral expenses, whatever it takes to help the family stay together while they're going through the, uh, hopefully the recovery of the child from any form of cancer. And how can people contribute to the J Foundation? The J Fund Foundation. Look it up. You'll find it anywhere. And uh, we're, we're located there. Uh, uh, we, we have an email. We have all kinds of information out there about the J Fund Foundation. So we're talking to Tom Coughlin, Coach Tom Coughlin, his book, A Giant Win, uh, Inside the New York Giants' Historic Upset Over the New England Patriots in Super Bowl 42. The foreword of your book was was uh, written by Eli Manning. And of course, you have this relationship. And I guess my comment to you is that in a couple years when Eli Manning is going to be discussed, whether he should be in the Hall of Fame or not, you, I guess your opinion is it's not even a discussion at this point, that it would be ridiculous even to ask that question, whether he should be in the Hall of Fame. Well, I think he's the greatest big game quarterback certainly that I've ever been around, and I think ranks right up there with the best of all time because the way he's played and performed, you look at the two Super Bowl wins where he was named the MVP. They're head-to-head with you know Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, and the passes that he made, the pass to David Tyree, the pass to Mario Manningham in Super Bowl Forty Six, have to rank. We know that the greatest catch of all time is the David Tyree catch, but one of the great passes of all time was the Mario Manningham catch in Super Bowl 46, right in front of the Patriot bench, that propelled us into uh, into the end zone and, and another Super Bowl win. Yeah, and then your other, the another player on your team that we if you just turned the TV on, the star defensive player was Michael Strahan. And you talk about Michael in terms of when he first took the job on the team. He was been there for a while, and uh, you didn't realize you didn't know if he was going to buy into the system and what you were going to do. Well, the first, if you listen to what Michael said. Uh, when he, he paid attention to all the, you know, flack about Coughlin coming in and he's this, that, and the other thing, uh, the other thing. And, and Michael would say to you that I didn't just dislike him. I hated him. <laughs> so, so he did. But uh, Michael's a, obviously a great football player. But to his credit, Michael listed all the things. You know, he, he had the, the sack record. Uh, he played, he was recognized as an all-pro many, many times over. He played in the league for a very long time. But what was missing in his gut was he's never been a champion. And what happened in Super Bowl 42 
uh, allowed Michael, as he describes it, one of the happiest times of his life was to win Super Bowl 42 and and be known as the capping off of his career was a Super Bowl win. You know, you mentioned in your book that not only was the defense on that team so athletic and made great plays, but in order to beat Brady, they had to be highly intelligent. And you bring up like Justin Tuck, who works at Goldman Sachs right now. Of course, we see Michael on TV and other players. And it was the intelligence of that defense that was able to propel you to victory. Well, O.C., O.C., Strahan, Tuck uh, were part of what we call the NASCAR package. We had three (laughs) superior pass rushers. And when you took Justin Tuck and lined him up inside, you know, guards hadn't seen that kind of quickness before. So in that particular game, we sacked Brady five times, knocked him down, as I said, 18 times. And that's it. You have to move Tom Brady off his spot. You give him his spot, you're in big trouble. And even today at 45 years old, he's you saw him do it last weekend. Right, right. Uh, but our defense played superbly. Uh, Antonio Pierce stopped a, uh, a screen early in the game that would have gone to the house. Uh, we just had uh, phenomenal plays. If you remember when the penalty was called on us for 12 men on the field when the Patriots pulled one of their, and we had practiced that. We had tried to prepare ourselves for that where, where they keep the offense out there, then they run their, their punt team out, and then your your punt return team is trying to get on the field and then get off the field. They caught one of our guys about a yard from the sideline, and there was a penalty. They had the ball already in our territory. It gave them a first down. And on third down, Michael Strahan made a huge sack. And on fourth down, Brady ended up, because of the pressure, O.C. and Tuck put great pressure on him. He ended up throwing it out of the back of the end zone. So we, uh, we in a situation that could have been a most difficult one for our team, uh, we were able to come up with a defensive stop there and, uh, and prevent them from scoring. Um, one of the big things we just talked about we're near the end of the football season is like should teams play all their players and if they've already clinched a position and you made a big decision there when you already had your playoff position at the end of you just mentioned earlier in the interview that you decided we're going to go all out we're going to play that game and even if we get injuries we get injuries and, and that was a big decision you mentioned that uh, you know that was I think a major you know impetus I guess for the team to win the Super Bowl well it was but the key there was that I'm a historian also the head coach of the New York Giants, the proud New York Giants, the flagship team of the National Football League, the red, white, and blue, <laughs> never was it going to be said that we didn't put our best foot forward in an attempt to compete against a team that was trying to go 16-0. and And we did that. We played as hard as we could play. As I said, it was 38-35, but we led it in the fourth quarter. They went Brady to Moss deep in the, uh, late in the game with a deep throw. We end up losing 38-35. But when we came off the field, uh, we knew we could play with them, even though, as it turned out, the game was much, much different in the Super Bowl. And you beat Tampa Bay, Dallas, and Green Bay to get to that Super Bowl. And I liked in the book how you said, look, the Super Bowl is not like it. I mean, I go to tons of sporting, tons of, of football games I, every week, and I'm somewhere. And I agree with you. It, the Super Bowl is completely different. And you said, you, you know, you, folk, you, to, you know, work with your team and saying, this is different. This is how we're going to do, you know, approach this game, even though because of the timing and everything. Well, it's much different. There's much more time involved at halftime, much more time when you're on the field before the game starts. And you have to. You have to prepare your team for that. You know, you, you have only so much energy, and even though you're, you're, you're excited and you're right there, you, you try to get your people off their feet because it's a long time until kickoff when you, when you take that field because of all of the pageantry that goes on with the Super Bowl. 
and you mentioned in your book about that Super Bowl, and you said one of the key things was that first drive. And I remember, you know, it's like you six. It, it seemed like it was the entire quarter that you go down there, you get three points, but still, it, it took almost the entire quarter of the first quarter. Well, that was the whole point was trying to keep Tom Brady on the sideline. Uh, if we had the ball, they didn't have it. And uh, if you remember back to Super Bowl twenty-five, um, when the Giants beat the, the high-flying Buffalo Bills. We had the ball for 41 minutes in that game, and Bill Belichick designed a great, great defensive game plan, and we were able to win that game. But you, you know, when you have a Jim Kelly or when you have a Tom Brady, you don't want them on the field. You want the ball, and you want to hold the ball, and we were able to accomplish that at least early on in the game. And you mentioned, I know that you say that you hate when people say, oh, you were lucky to win the Super Bowl. You're like, we dominated that Super Bowl. I mean, that first half, you know, you, it was, uh, you only, the score was like 7-3. But the point is that, that, you know, you had the ball, three of the four drives were inside the, the Pats 30. And really with yardage wise, you guys had way more yards than, than the Pats did. Well, we did in that particular game. We didn't come away with a lot of points. That was probably, we hadn't turned the ball over really in the whole playoffs. We got one turnover which prevented us from being in position to score. And then late in the game, as you know, the Patriots did take the lead prior to the drive at the end of the game, which was the drive. <laughs> and then you, the Patriots, you, you, you know, you talk about that drive when the Patriots went and scored and made it 14-10. And then you said, and Strahan goes and says, we are going to win this game 17-14. And it was running around saying that with 2.40 left. And you mentioned, you, know, you think about the David Tyree catch. It is the most iconic catch in the Super Bowl. But you mentioned about the Armani Toomer catch uh, that made it fourth and inches with a minute and 34 to go. Oh, no question about that. I mean, everybody contributed in a great way. And Amani had a big year for us coming back from an injury and had made, you know, the big play against Dallas that started the game off was Amani down the sideline. You know, he's the greatest player I've ever been around in terms of working his feet on the sideline. This was an inside breaking route. But, you know, he made a great adjustment to catch that ball, and it brought up the, the very short yardage fourth and one when we went power for power. You know, we ran Brandon Jacobs up behind Chris Snee, uh and uh, Kareem McKenzie, and, and we were fortunate there. He didn't get great takeoff, but he wiggled and did what he had to do to get us that first down. And then it's thir third and five on your own 44 with a minute 15 left. And you spend in the book, that's where you stop the book, it's about the NBC specials where they go back and they say, look, I, David Tyree was my office before the year started and I almost threw him off the team. And the practice before, he was dropping every pass. And a little bit about David Tyree and that whole thing about how that worked out. Well, th that was a few years prior to that when David Tyree came in. My office, Ernie, of course, brought him in. It's it's well uh, documented that uh, David had had some trouble with the law, and uh, Ernie said, "Do it. Do with him what you what you want." And I listened to what he said, and I thought he was sincere in his in his uh, plan to go forward, and and he uh, he certainly uh, made me feel like he uh, was sorry for what he had done, and I was willing to give him another chance. And he was a Pro Bowl special teams player before he was our short yardage blocker as a wide receiver. And that uh, idea set up the score that he had in the game because when he came on the field, we knew Bill Belichick, would, having done all the, the tendency work, would think that it was run. And that's how we came up with that score with, uh, from the goal line with, uh, with David Tyree. And Eli, what an amazing, I mean, it looked like you watched the play. I mean, I've seen the play a thousand times. I just can't believe that he got a pass off, let alone that you completed the pass. Yeah, I sat. I was on the sideline right across from that, saying to Mike Carey, who was the official that day, "Mike, don't blow the play dead. Don't blow." <laughs> and he 
Eli wiggled and he broke away from three Patriot, you know, defenders and then threw the ball down the middle of the field and you're you're saying to yourself, please don't overthrow that. Overthrowing ball in the middle of the field is an interception. And uh but David Tyree went up to the high point. He caught the ball with both hands. Rodney Harrison stripped one arm away. He had the wherewithal to pin the ball to his helmet as he went down. Harrison went across the back of his legs. Normally that indicates, oh, my God, I'm in trouble. My legs are going to be hurt, and you don't hang on to the ball. He hung on to the ball and rode it right to the very end, and he definitely had control of that football. So it was a huge play, obviously, for us in the game and a great credit to the toughness of David Tyree. And then even after that play, some people think that was the play that ended the game. It really wasn't. You had to complete to Steve Smith. Then you had the touchdown to Plaxico and uh, two more great passes from Eli to win the game. Yeah, we're, we're on the 35-yard line with a long way to go to get to a touchdown. And uh, you mentioned the play to Steve, and the plays that Steve made throughout the game were just amazing for a young kid to know down in distance and where the ball had to be placed at. But uh, the play against with pa- Plaxico was the all-out blitz and uh, Plax was left one-on-one on the backside, and Eli had mentioned that if you if you're if we go out there and you're one-on-one, if they do blitz, the ball's coming to you, and that's exactly what happened. And then with the hurt, then I think a lot of teams have said, okay, we felt like we won the game. We have Tom Brady, but there's only 29 oh, seconds and three timeouts to go, and you had the fin- the finishing the job was the hardest part of it all. Oh my God, Brady rocketed three balls, or excuse me, two balls down the right down the seam and. Uh, and it was the first one was very close, very close. We had two guys, uh, Corey Webster, Jabril Wilson, were back there, and they defended very well. They were in very good position on both balls, but that, that first one was a scary one because it was almost off the fingertips of, of, of Moss. And then you mentioned in the book about how motivational this victory was, the, the upset, the, the beating the invincible team, just in terms of how many people come up to you since then and say, you know, you've inspired me. This, this team inspired me to, you know, with my illness or, or to overcome something. And I think that gives you a lot of joy to, to have people come up to you and tell you that. Well, it does. And also the reason that we wrote this book was because we were enduring COVID, we're in recession, you know, many, many people out there are in difficult straits. And when you look at this book, you see that we were down. We were down. We were 0-2. They were getting ready to fire us again, and we came back. And we kept battling back because we believed in ourselves. All right. Thanks, Thanks a lot. We really appreciate it, Coach Coughlin, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Ira.